Hey, Tommy, what did Mario say when he broke up with Princess Peach? Oh, no. What did he say? He said, it's not you. It's a me, Mario. <sighs> I should have seen that coming. I should have seen that coming. Video game relevant. I see at first I was like, this isn't a leftist joke. What are we doing here? No, it's it's video game relevant. I Ooh. think we fully tapped the well of, of at least <laughs> tolerable leftist jokes. Uh, and I actually, side note, not to take us on a tangent here, but you know how everyone's kind of like, um, there's been like this kind of uh, furor over chat GPT. I don't know if you've seen that or not, uh, but I actually did pull up chat GPT and try to get it to make leftist jokes, but it's very, very bad at telling jokes. It's amazing. <laughs> at A lot of things, but it cannot do humor. <laughs> uh, it was just like, it was like, what did the, what did the communists say to the capitalists? Viva la revolution. You know, it was like not jokes. They're just like <sighs> things like, yeah. Yeah, like Seinfeld jokes. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> um, I, will worse, <laughs> I will take us on a tangent, but it's video game related because you said that you were going to start playing Star Trek Online and neither of us were going to get paid by Star Trek Online. But I'm going to talk about Star Trek Online anyways because it has consumed me as a parent. Um, <laughs> I've I've played through most of the free point of playing like in other words like up until okay i don't get free ships anymore okay well fuck you i quit this like this line uh so i did the federation up until i stopped getting free ships and i did the klingons until i stopped getting up to free ships but in both of them like the storyline very meh like i'm just really here to blow things up i'm not paying attention to the story i started the romulan arc and let me tell you what the romulan arc is incredible and okay this is relevant to our podcast and i'm gonna be trying to be as quick as i can about it both the, okay, so the Federation arc, like, the whole time you're playing the Federation, you're very, like, aware that you're playing the neoliberals. Like, even the game seems kind of aware you're playing the neoliberals. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. And then when you play the Klingons, it's like, okay, they're more fun and they drink a lot. But, like, also it's an empire and, like, you're ruling by conquest and doing some, like, sticky shit, too. Then playing the Romulans, you're thrown in as a Romulan refugee after the destruction of Romulus. And, like, the space CIA shows up with some other aliens that they're paying money because the space CIA doesn't do their own dirty work and starts fucking up your, like, refugee camp. And so you just, like, take an old retired Romulan warbird and fuck their shit up. And then, like, the, like, the first world powers of the galaxy are like competing for like to have you like ally with one side or the other. And like, okay, so there's a mm. speech that I get from a Federation diplomat as they're trying to get me to ally with the ally with the Federation. That is so like the game knows what it's doing because this diplomat is asking me how I feel about like the, um, the CIA, doing dirty shit to my people and every time i try to answer he just interrupts me with what he thinks i'm gonna say because he doesn't see me as a human being he sees me as a romulan and doesn't actually like care or think he needs to care what what my outlook is on my own situ it, and i'm just like ah it is such a good interpretation of like uh you know because the federation is basically um the um 
the United Nations. And it is just such a good interpretation of like the United Nations being kind of an instrument of colonialization. Um, God, I just love it. The Romulan arc. Interesting. It's, yeah. it's the shit. Play the Romulan arc. Sorry. <laughs> that was it, my tangent. Well, maybe we'll have a Star Trek episode sometime. Cause like, I think there's something interesting also about the evolution of like the, the funk, the narrative function of uh, the fair federation across the history of Star Trek has changed a lot. You know, like it was initially supposed to be this sort of like ideal, uh, sort of utopian sort of thing and it has morphed a lot to be more um complicated than that uh so anyway so what we're really here to talk about though <laughs> uh is video games in case you forgot this started on talking about star trek online not just star trek in general uh and previously we had kind of gone over like uh some just like top level concerns about like video games in general uh, their potential negative effects and then like broad principles about how to get your kids uh, into video games and whatnot uh, in a responsible way uh, around. Uh, and we mostly talked about ways to handle difficulty. Um, so uh, next up is for um, broad principles is uh, emotions uh, so we've talked about like how to how to you know make the games more just easy to play so that you know they're not being asked to do something that they're either incapable of doing or would be just like deeply deeply frustrating to attempt or whatever um but the reality is no matter uh, what you do um it's going to be a challenge at some level and uh video games become an opportunity to learn to handle uh, certain kinds of emotions, usually negative, like anger or whatever, as they get frustrated by failure. Um, so <clears throat> some basic, just like anger management stuff um, that uh, it's a good opportunity for you to sort of like demonstrate. So like um, if they start to get frustrated, you can demonstrate like taking some breaths to calm down um, asking them if they feel calm enough to proceed, if they can't like sort of bring themselves down, uh, you know, like waiting until they can chill before returning to the game. Um, and also like if they can't, like if it's very clear that like they're not going to chill anytime soon, uh, you may have to switch tasks and maybe another a demonstration of like handle your anger by getting away from the stimulus. Like if they're upset, they can't or won't calm down. Um, you know, you may have to just sort of step in and be your child's prefrontal cortex for a second and say, Hey, okay, we're going to switch to us. We're going to done playing. Oftentimes in my experience that will initially make them significantly more upset because they'll be very frustrated that they're feeling like they're being punished for uh, not succeeding at the game or getting upset. But um, you know, you just kind of explain to them, this is not a punishment, you're not in trouble, but it's just a good idea when we get upset and we can't calm down to do something else for a little bit. Uh, and, you know, I would say also try to explain, and this is a more like slightly more nuanced point. Uh, so like you have to meet them where they're at as far as like level development and age. Um, but like 
try to explain like you know we're playing a game the point is to have fun and to you know possibly also to meet a challenge of some kind uh and like if you're upset you're not going to be good at meeting that challenge your frustration is going to cause you to make rash decisions or um just um be more sort of like overreactive to things which can lead you to overcorrect and you know uh just make more mistakes in general and so like um if you're not able to calm down it's obvious that fun is not the fun of the game is not outpacing the negative experience so it's time to take a break yeah and i think this is a wonderful example of like kind of one of those core things like core core example of what it means to be a parent like this is a parenting opportunity as much as that term is overused um because in my opinion at least an important role as a parent is to be that temporary prefrontal cortex um to know you know okay there's this uh kind of system of how to deal with our brain that we as adults have learned and we've developed and we know okay when I get to this point in this game, I need to step away and do something else. I need to switch tasks because I'm getting worse at it and this is no longer fun for me. And that also, like, that goes throughout, like, a bunch of other things in our life, right? You know, in order to be productive, we need to know, okay, I'm, I need to stop focusing on this task. I need to just, you know what? This isn't working for me. I'm going to step away from this and go to something else. I'll come back to this. That's something we've learned because we're adults and it took us a long time to learn that. Kids haven't learned that yet. We both need to teach it to them, but we also need to step in and be that like decision-making structure because they don't have that decision-making structure yet because you have to build that decision-making structure, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. And that's, and that's not... It's, a, it's and, and, by far the biggest challenge as a parent is to like figure out, out like both like give... Because that that's a, that's intention you know, sort of in a dialectical sense, right? Like it's intention with the desire to have your kids have um, free will to be able to uh, do things that they want to do and and make their own choices and, and learn to manage and experience the consequences of those things. Like uh, is like the whole, to me, it's this like tug and pull, right? Like on the one hand, you got to um, uh, have, your kids like learn to make their own decisions but on the other hand sometimes the decisions they make are really bad uh and you kind of have to evaluate are the consequences of that bad decision negative enough for me to insert myself in here and say like you're done you know we're moving on you're doing something else you're getting off your computer or whatever uh and it's not a task that like I not I don't want to trivialize it like it's not like a you just find the right line in the sand you draw it and you're like there you go there's the the line that we've drawn that's the objectively correct like time to step in it's always a changing moving target and very circumstantial and uh, you'll miss a lot as a result because you'll learn oh it's about at this point and then you'll do it then and it'll be wrong for some reason you know. Uh, and you'll just have to, and it will be wrong in part because they'll develop and grow and they'll get better at it. And you'll have your last memory is when they were younger and worse at it. And you got to constantly be going like, okay, I got to reevaluate. Okay. I got to reevaluate. It's a, it's a really, really hard thing. And especially in any area where you struggle yourself with that thing, like, for example, like 
uh, of ADHD, a component of that is uh, difficult difficulty with emotion regulation. It's hard for me to get myself to stop playing games when I get upset with them. I get frustrated that I lost. I'm like, I'm like immediately click the like next game thing. I'm going to get in there. I'm just going to wreck some idiots this next game, whatever. And like, you can get into a, a ugly spiral of that. And it's hard. And so it can be a struggle for me to do that appropriately for my kids because I can't even do it appropriately for myself a hundred percent of the time. Uh, medication helps with that obviously, but um, yeah, it's a tough, tough thing. Yeah. So um, handling content. Right. Yeah. So that's the sort of last like broad strategy thing that I wanted to talk about is like, uh, obviously, you know, it kind of depends on what game you're playing, uh, but there's a handful of uh, types of content that are in games that we um, might be concerned about. So I'm going to talk about the like most obvious two that I can almost 100% guarantee the minute we talk about content in video games that may not be appropriate for kids. Everyone goes like, okay, we got violence and we got sex. So let's go. Um, violence is obviously a feature of just an uh, overwhelming majority of video games. Um, and so like you're not really realistically unless you're going to be like hyper, hyper strict with like uh, curating a specific list, um, getting games that have no violence in them whatsoever. Uh, and they're just going to find games that they're interested in that contain violent of some kind, you know, it may be like Roblox or like the thing like falls into little pieces or whatever, but like, it's still a kind of violence. Um, and so like my, sort of thought with this, and this is just kind of my take, is that um, I try to find games that I think they'll enjoy that also don't treat violence as uncomplicatedly good. Like a ton of like RPGs are like, you're the heroes, you go out, goblins appear, you kill them because that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, and you're good for doing it. They're monsters. They're bad. Um, and not to say that I get games that are like that are just like inherently wrong, more just like what I like to do is kind of like inject some like, uh, you know, I wonder how the goblins feel about uh, people randomly showing up in their forest and killing a bunch of them. You know, like you can inject it like that uh, by just asking pointed questions or in, you know, if you can find a game that uh, has this um, has a more nuanced sort of take on it. Uh, it can be really helpful. For example, uh, I got both my kids to play through Undertale. Uh, and uh, I'll try to uh, say this without like, any spoilers. Although like at this point, uh, that game's old enough that maybe the spoiler window is fair to just ignore. But uh, Undertale, uh, I sort of, they, I think the tagline for it is even something like, uh, the art, the RPG where you don't have to hurt anyone or something like it, they, they make it pretty prominent that like violence is complicated in undertale. You can still do it. Uh, and in fact, in some ways the game design kind of encourages you to do it, uh, a little bit, uh, but also admonishes you then for doing so. Uh, so like it immediately kind of introduces this idea of like, Oh, you know, maybe try not to be, you know, violent or whatever. And then when you do, it starts presenting you with consequences for that. Like people come in, they're like, 
I saw you kill this person. And so now I have to stop you or like characters that like, you'll like, uh, I remember one of my kids killed one of the monsters and then found another monster that looked like it. And it was like, Oh, I'm just waiting for my uh, friend to, to come. We always meet here and, and get coffee or whatever. And it was like, that was a moment that like, he like felt bad. He was like, Oh, I killed that monster. And now he's gone and he had a friend and this one's not mean like, like, so like, and, and they handled it pretty well. Like understanding that sort of like nuance of like, no, yeah. Like you get rid of someone and they're gone, you know, type of thing. And so uh, I highly recommend undertale Uh, obviously, you know, um, in my case, like I played it with them. So like I helped them like read the dialogue and, and understand what was happening in the game. Um, but um, I think it undertells an excellent game to uh, sort of handle violence in a more nuanced manner than a lot of video games, which is just like kill the red things and be uh, get lots of points, you know. Now, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is a game that comes to my mind with this, where it had a it had a system for, of course, like doing good and bad things would, you know, affect your like uh, allegiance in the force, whether you were a light side user or dark side user, and then would change the overall like story arc of the game. But also the thing for me was that it taught me in the game real quickly in just the way that it was structured, uh, like the things that you could put your skills into putting my skills into talking my way out of situations uh, into charisma and persuasiveness was way easier than fighting my way out of situations. So I, you know, as a kid, like I learned pretty quickly, like, Oh, it's easier if I use some, like not without, you know, I wasn't even thinking of like, Oh, I want to be like less violent in this game. It was just, man, it's a lot easier to get to the, some of these scenes if I can get everyone to stop shooting at me um, before they ever start shooting at me. So I should get good at persuasiveness and charisma. Uh, and that was just, I think, a very valuable kind of thing to learn as a kid playing a game was like, hey, sometimes talking your way out of situations is better than shooting your way out of situations. For sure. For sure. So the other type of content that we obviously are uh, most often concerned with just in general across all parents is sex slash romance. Uh, people have different feelings about what points is like, I mean, some parents will add romance to their kids perception from uh the minute they make a friend that's of the opposite sex uh not sure i'm a fan of that but like you know point being like uh but we all pretty much agree that with kids um sex is a thing to wait until they're older to uh introduce that kind of content um so like obviously as a baseline the game has sexual content uh consider the age of your children don't show a game with explicit content to your five-year-old hopefully that goes without saying but i'll i said it anyway um so also importantly like don't um let video games be your child's sex ed (laughs) like if that's where your kids are learning about it uh it's probably not going to be a very good lesson. I'll just put it that way. Uh, even even games that are like, um, you know, 
that that could be like sex positive or what you would otherwise think of them in in some kind of sense of like being more progressive or whatever. It's just like not how they should find out about that. They should find out about it from you where they have a chance to ask questions and, uh, you know, explore the idea with someone that they trust and uh, who can help them understand what they need to understand. So, I mean, I don't think anyone's, I hope using video games as a replacement for sex ed, but I'm never surprised by some people. So, so my initial reaction was actually a long as primarily a console gamer. My initial reaction was like, what games have sex in them other than Grand Theft Auto? And that's just like barely even that. But actually, no, there's like a lot of uh, online and computer games that are like dating simulators. But I think especially when we're talking about like middle school kids, like middle school age kids, like I got into some like, you know, as a bored kid in in the in a rural area at 13, like I got into like some dating simulator type games when I was a kid. They were like text only back then. And it was like, you know, you would explore certain if you've ever played text based games where it would like you would explore rooms and then you'd have interactions and conversations with characters in the game. Uh, and then they would like respond based on how you like on what how your responses were anyways it's really bad for your kids to like learn human interaction in that way because it's gamified like romantic relationships shouldn't be gamified from your understanding of them they need that needs to be introduced in a different way yeah you really are... don't want your 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 boys especially like learning that like the correct thing like all you gotta do is find the right thing to say and once you say the right thing then you get the relationship or you get the gratification or whatever. Like that's a huge problem with like toxic masculinity that mm -hmm. like, I won't say is like, I'll be generous at least to say like, when you're talking about making some kind of like dating sim or whatever, like there's no other way to do it sort of because like freeform text requires a lot natural language processing really hard. Anyway, uh, like I get why dating sims are like that, but it teaches a bad lesson. Uh, so yeah, don't surrender your, the sex ed of your children to video games or yes. anything else. Um, so I'll also talk a little bit about like romance. Um, because um, romantic elements can be, a good opportunity to teach sort of like emotional intelligence. So like, uh, you know, it, it, like, for example, I'll go back to undertale and undertale. There's some romantic subplots between then actually some of the NPCs and throughout the game, there's tiny hints where if you're paying attention to their behavior and how they act and what their expressions are, you can, notice that kind of thing before the game is very explicit about like, I want to date this person. That's how I feel, you know? Uh, and so like you can, if you, especially if you know the content of the game ahead of time, you can sort of like point out like, Oh, Hey, look, uh, this person's like getting sweaty or, or like, uh, seems really nervous when they're being asked about that kind of thing. I wonder why that is like, you know, get them to sort of like wonder why someone might behave in this way when they're, um, you know, in this situation. Uh, 
And then as a as a side note, just it's just good in general if you could find some games that have like um just normalized LGBTQ relationships. Um not fetishized ones, like none of this, like uh like especially like lesbian fetishism can be a problem in some video games. Um so you know, don't let your kids' first introduction to LGBTQ relationships be uh male gaze fetishized lesbianism that's not good <laughs> uh i hope it goes without saying but uh yeah the try to find some some things and that's that's a lot more common now it's a lot easier to find that kind of stuff now in games and especially in like shows and stuff but um than it used to be but yeah this next topic is one that Oh boy, this is the one that I worry the most about. Um, yeah, my, yeah. My biggest fear is partly because I have a military fixation. I this giant pirate ship behind me, which some might not think of as militaristic, but it has cannons on it. Uh, over to the other sides of me, where you can't actually see, there are all kinds of starfighters behind me, which are fighter craft. They are militaristic. I really don't. Well, I really kind of wanted to join the military just because I was really obsessed with militaristic stuff as a kid. Um, I don't want my son to want to do that. And games push this so hard. Right. So uh, the last sort of like category here, third category, uh, is sort of a, it's broad and a little bit more uh, abstract. So uh, you know, stick with me here. It's pushing back on hegemonic ideology. Um, so this is like the pushing on the edge of what, you know, I think society in general might just like treat as normal or given. Um, I think call of duty is perhaps like the worst example <laughs> of this in that, like, it's more or less military propaganda. Like it just sort of treats as normal soldiers are the good guys. You play them and you kill the bad guys who are terrorists who are usually Brown people. And you, just like accept that as a game mechanic as an, or like at least a game aesthetic. Um, like, so I won't go into a, a billion examples. Uh, hegemonic ideology is everywhere constantly all the time. It's everything that we consider normal and don't think about it, uh, on a daily basis. So like, uh, what I will say about this, uh, without just, listing off a bunch of examples and and just like ways that I've pushed back or whatever. I'll just say like more in general, right? Like be aware of what kind of things are hegemonic and like try to insert as you can some pushback on that. Like notice it, have them notice it, see that it's, you know, that it's a thing that's there and that they can question it and it is okay. And there are some good questions to ask here, but like, don't be obnoxious about it. Right. Because it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere all the time. And if you're interrupting their gameplay every two to three minutes to make a social critique, that's really annoying. And they're going to learn oh, when I play video games, dad just lectures me a bunch. Right. Like, so like, don't be obnoxious essentially. Like, uh, give a little pushback try to see if they're if they're sort of getting it and uh move on you know i think you do this with television shows too i certainly do 
uh, I've gotten my nine-year-old now is to the point that he kind of does it on his own. And so now I'm having to teach him the opposite lesson, which is like another part of this like dialectical thing with parenting is like you're constantly teaching your kids models that are like simplified down to their level of understanding and then having to unteach them those models because they're actually not very good. Uh, so like, you know, you teach him to like critique the media and now he does it constantly and have to be like, bud, okay, it's really annoying <laughs> when you interrupt the movie every two minutes to point out some social critique that you're noticing, like, please stop. <laughs> uh, and do so this internally, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And it's fine to do it occasionally, but like there's a balance and you got to find that balance. And it's a thing he's learning right now. So, um, uh, I would say just like, look, I would look for particularly poignant moments, like a very, where the example is like very clear and you can sort of like really tease out like, oh, like, why are they assuming this is just like the way things are? Um, why uh, is, why are they just like, um, why are they saying like, this is for women, you know, or you know, if this character saying like boys are like this, you know, like, Oh, really? Are boys like that all the time? Are you like that? You know, like, um, I just kind of ask like, what do they mean by that? You know, and, uh, ask them, is that true? Uh, you can have a brief discussion or whatever. If, if they're internet, sometimes they're, they might be like, I don't know, you know, and if they're, you know, getting frustrated or if they're not really understanding it, you know, you can move on. It doesn't have to be like, a, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, do critical, critical thinking, critical theory type of like, uh, constantly, like, especially like a develop certain development in LA, just, they're just not ready to like fully think about that sort of thing. But like, you know, at least plant the seed, keep watering it occasionally in a way that's not obnoxious and constant and, um, they'll get it. Eventually they'll get the idea of like noticing normal things and going does it have to be like that uh and once they kind of get that concept you can kind of back off of this and like honestly at least in my experience they'll kind of start doing it on their own to a point like i said a second ago that's too much and then you have to teach them to not be annoying to everyone else and that's the next challenge but but i mean and that's like that's the case for everybody is we you know get introduced to this kind of stuff and it's like that's part of the learning process. Like, um, you know, there, there's a whole conversation about like organizing workplaces and how you can't organize a workplace if every single conversation you have with your coworkers is about how you're about to organize the workplace. Like everybody's just going to be driven fucking nuts by you. You've got to be chill and be able to talk about normal shit too. Um, if this is your only life. Um, so I feel like this yeah, I think we should go ahead and wrap it up here and then uh, just do a third episode. <laughs> so uh, I, th I feel like this is maybe a good time for us to go ahead and uh, leave this for a part three. This is stretched into a three or maybe our first, I think our first three-parter episode. Um, you're on mute. Uh, I think we had one, but that might have been molding masculinity that I'm remembering. So um yeah we so i'll say that's kind of the broad strategies of like handling the video games uh, from different angles uh so like now the the sort of like last part that we'll do next time 
is uh, a segment where we'll go through different uh, genres of games, uh, real-time strategy or turn-based strategy games, role-playing games, platformers, fighting games, and just kind of talk about some of the um, some of the details around this. And hopefully, we can get through those uh, in a single <laughs> in one more <laughs> episode. Uh, there's a lot to go over, but hopefully they're sort of like little one-off things. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll talk about specifics. So if you're wondering, like, this is cool, but like, how how do I introduce my seven-year-old to uh, platformers that keep falling off and dying? Uh, we'll have some kind of uh, points to make about that. So, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm excited to hear about some of this just for myself, because I was... 30 years old when I finally got into platformers for the first time, because I always oh, just found wow. them really frustrating. <laughs> yeah, my very first game was Sonic the Hedgehog. So like platformers were like a core part of my early video game experience. That's very interesting. Well, uh, where might people find us on the internet? Uh, well, uh, you can find us anywhere that podcasts are found. Um, and uh, if you're seeing our faces right now, that means you're on YouTube, which means that you should uh, you should uh, click subscribe and ring the notification bell so that you uh, are always told when we have a new episode out. Uh, and for anyone listening, if you uh, really like uh, our podcast and you want to support us financially so that we can make it better, uh, then you can find us at patreon.com slash raise them left. And uh, if you do subscribe to the Patreon, we have a discord community where we can chat about uh, all kinds of stuff, like all kinds of uh, video games that you're uh, sharing with your kids right now. I'd love to hear from people about like what kinds of um, like game recommendations and whatnot. I certainly in the research for this episode, uh, did a bunch of research into like what are good games to to you know play with your kids or whatnot and so i'd love to hear people's thoughts about that kind of thing but yeah check us out there and uh we'll see you next time thank you all for joining us have a wonderful morning afternoon evening or whatever other time of day it is bye <laughs>